1: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of Temporary Admission. Now, it's been a while since we've done an exhibition preview, and so this week we're going to be chatting with acting co-head of the Barbican International Enterprises, Luke Kemp, to find out a little bit more about their latest exhibition, Our Time on Earth. Luke, thanks for joining us today.
0: Yeah, great, thank you. I'm really happy to be here.
1: Great. Well, look, Luke, before we chat about the exhibition itself, are you able to tell us a little bit more about Who you are and how it is you've been involved with the exhibition at the Barbican.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I am the co-head of one of two exhibitions departments at the Barbican Centre and I'm also a a departmental curator in our department and I've been at the Barbican Centre since 2015. I originally started as a exhibitions manager before becoming a curator And then one month into the pandemic became co-head of the department as well. And um, so what my role entails, obviously, is uh, the running of this department. What we do is we develop and produce exhibitions that are put on at the Barbican Centre once every two years. And then they then go on to tour internationally for three to five years. And we have at any given moment, we have about five or six exhibitions touring at any given time.
1: Well I hadn't actually realised it was quite so many all at once but I'm sure a lot of our listeners already know um, or have at least heard of the Barbican but for those that haven't are you able to tell us a little bit more about the Barbican as well?
0: The Barbican is a huge multi-arts centre that is in the centre of London and what it has is it has theatre, a concert hall, two galleries, cinemas, restaurants and it's really a place it's almost like a kind of a a mini city in a way as it was conceived after the war and um, what this does is it allows there to be a huge crossover between all these different art forms and that offer allows us to give an incredibly rich and um, engaging experience to the visitors that come to the centre you know often they won't know They might be coming to the theatre but then they may get introduced to something that's going on in one of the galleries or into the concert hall or even going to the cinema for example.
1: Yeah the Barbican just seems like such a destination at the moment and I think one of the last times I was there was for the Gallery Climate Coalition towards the end of last year which is actually quite fitting for today's discussion but circling back to the exhibition itself which I think opens on the 5th of May right through to the 29th of August, I know that one of the aims of the exhibition is to really kind of kickstart the conversation around the climate emergency, which perhaps, you know, in a way that hasn't really been considered before. Are you able to talk us through the exhibition and, and tell us more about it?
0: Yeah, definitely. So we look at the ideas of immersive, creating these kind of big environments. And then what we do is the subjects that we choose are often what we call, you know, zeitgeist topics, you know, big societal. Uh, themes. So in 2019, I led on the the development of the AI More Than Human exhibition, um, which of course is like a a massive topic. And um, then what we do is we we work with guest curators who come on board to work with us. And then we use a whole range of multidisciplinary content to be able to engage a very broad audience. Um, And that can be anything from video gaming, uh, to work with scientists and researchers, contemporary art design, architecture, basically all these different formats are like tools that we uh, create to give people a way into our exhibitions. And so following, you know, artificial intelligence being a a huge subject, but it was a subject we were very much uh, conscious that we were one of the first places to do a, a big blockbuster exhibition on artificial intelligence, whereas something like the climate emergency, it felt like the right time to approach this again and to kind of take a new look at this topic especially through the lens that we have as a a department but you know we are not the first people to create a climate emergency exhibition sadly we will not be the last i expect so it really was something we had to consider you know to be blunt like why bother doing a climate emergency exhibition and we only wanted to do it if we felt like there was something we could really bring to the conversation. And a big part of that was going to be moving the conversation forward and thinking about how can we move the conversation on the climate emergency forward was, you know, to to move away from this sense of hopelessness, this kind of, this sense of despair and doom wondering that is often how people engage with it, to try and give people a sense of hope and uh, positivity and to create and alternative vision for a future that we can have and to show the role of uh, creativity in culture in helping to be a bit of a guiding light for what that alternative future could look like.
1: Mm, I think that's certainly interesting and probably quite shocking you know just to, to see it so starkly like that but I think something that you've mentioned and I think is definitely worth just picking up on is just quite how immersive and interactive this exhibition is going to be you know it's not just paintings on a wall which Obviously, it's never a bad thing, but I think you're forcing people to confront the reality of the the situation we find ourselves in when it comes to the climate and the environment around us. And you're showing them what it could look like and and making them experience different futures that I think is quite powerful. And you're doing that in a quite modern way, I guess. But on that note, a a lot of museums have aimed to tackle the conversation around sustainability at the moment, and there have been a few maybe similar exhibitions in the past and perhaps I've touched on it slightly there but how is this exhibition specifically different?
0: Yeah so again you know talking about moving the conversation forward and thinking about okay what are going to be like the most exciting moments or what are the most essential things that we feel like people perhaps could learn more about or be introduced to we felt that rather than doing you know lots of exhibits we wanted to focus on some big exhibits sort of big moments you know i mentioned we take a very digital immersive kind of approach that allows people to be in the exhibition and to feel that they're part of it they're part of the story part of the journey and so the idea was to to create these
1: big engaging projects and are you able to tell us a little bit more about these projects the core
0: element of the exhibition is the central part of the exhibition so it's, um, it's in three parts, which are called Belong, Imagine and Engage. But the central part of it is the Imagine section. And within that, there are 10 key projects that allow people to have a portal into a potential alternative future. And what we wanted to do was work with some of the leading thinkers, writers, artists, and build collaborations. So what we wanted to do was take george's ideas and bring them to life with a um, media design studio and when we went to george uh, we were like okay what is the most essential thing we should probably talk about in terms of climate emergency and he said soil so it's a bit of a initially a a dry subject if you uh, excuse the pain but like (laughs) the way that he talked about it was like how can we engage people to feel like they can enjoy soil understand soil and its importance the same way that they think about the great barrier reef and so what we wanted to do is create this fully immersive installation which is seven screens that you can uh, stand within that are over um, three meters high and you stand in a circle of them and you are immersed in the underground world of soil for example a couple of the other works such as um the the work with uh, Bridget Baptiste, who is a Colombian um, ecologist, uh, academic, who is from Bogota. And um, she very much uh, speaks about the ideas of queer ecology. So linking the ideas of the climate emergency, the natural world and ecology with our own understanding of identity and fluidity and about ourselves. And we partnered, uh, Bridget, with the Institute of Digital Fashion to create, again, another another work that allows people to have a mirrored version of themselves in plant form, so they'll be able to dance and play with this, and kind of question their own sense of identity. And just a couple more, I would say, really about the, the voices that we want to bring out is really important, you know, using this exhibition to create a platform, often for people in the climate emergency who um, aren't heard. You know, Often people who feel the greatest impact of it aren't the people who are able to have a platform. So we're working with a Brazilian indigenous group called Salvagem and Choose Earth as well. And what this is is a series of artistically created banners that hang in the space and a new film created by Salvagem, which is part of their Arrow series. And what this does is it takes people into the idea of indigenous thinking, indigenous wisdom, and it creates parity with Western sort of rationalist scientific knowledge that we have and shows that there shouldn't be any difference in the way that we look at the world. And the last one I'll mentioned just in to give a range of some of the works that we have is the, the working with biofabricate and looking at how we create, uh, clothing. And I mentioned this one especially because I think what's important about the Imagine section and the works that we have is that they're all amazing uh, solutions, but some of these are, you know, potentially um, at odds with each other in a way. But what this does is it really allows a conversation to happen. And biofabricate, especially are looking at the idea of gro- using microbes to kind of grow clothing, and in this installation, this big project, we take people on the full uh, full chain journey, looking at uh, the, the microbes, uh, being able to speak with the specialists in the field uh, via um, talking heads and actually then seeing the, the finished product. So going through the full factory chain of a fashion chain where clothing is grown with microbes and then seeing it. We have an amazing garment from Yumia Nakazato, who creates his garments with Spiber and we'll have one of these garments there. We'll also have um, other more high street uh, clothing um, from a project with uh, Lanzatec and uh, Zara and also Goldwyn. So a t-shirt and a dress there. So people can see not only, you know, this luxury kind of couture level of it, but actually, you know, physical examples of how these t-shirts, dresses and things that we all buy can be created in an alternative way.
1: Wow, that's so cool. I hadn't even, you know, I didn't even know that was possible. So very intrigued to see that. But talking a little bit more about the George Monbiot uh, installation, I guess, that you've, you've got on show. Had you always kind of thought that you were going to look at soil I think I think it's like you say something that people don't tend to have a conversation about but I'd be interested to know more about that
0: I think yeah it can, I'll be you know honest when we went to George Monbiot we were we were going to do a project more about rewilding and he very much said that it's it soil is one of the things that isn't being talked about enough and we need to raise the profile of it you know it's it's very much to do with the fact that because of the agricultural industries, because deforestation, all of these elements are eroding soil. And, you know, it is a, a life force for us. But, you know, a lot of people just consider it as, you know, the dirt beneath their feet. You don't really consider that actually it isn't, soil isn't a a thing. It is an organism. It's living, it's breathing. And there are all these different characters that make up what, what this is. And it is essential to us you know it's for the for our for the food chain for everything we rely on this magnificent organism you know to help us live you know as well as providing somewhere for us to grow our food it also is able to capture and store carbon so creating a sense of wonder and awe about this hopefully will allow people to come out of the exhibition you know looking at it in a different way
1: mm, i think that's what's really interesting was because we all talk about trees and you know the power of plants etc but soil does seem very forgotten so very intrigued to see that uh, when the exhibition goes live. But one thing I think you know is always quite interesting to ask someone who's been so close to the exhibition is if we had to look out you know for one work or if you had to pick your favourite what would that be and why?
0: Um, I think one of the in- incredible works I think I would say is at the beginning. It's the the marshmallow laser work called Sanctuary of the Unseen Forest, and it is this sort of five meter high by three meter wide projection of a saber uh, pentandra tree from the Colombian rainforest, and it really sets the tone. Like there is a very kind of there's a sense of trees being you know the, the giver of our breath. And what this exhibit does is it takes us inside the tree and you're able to see like that the tree is not this, the kind of solid object that we see when we're outside, but it has, you know, water, particles, it sequests carbon. And we really take people inside that and it sets the tone for the exhibition and it really I think it makes a, a surprising start to the exhibition, really making people connect and realise that we are part of an amazing earth system. Mm,
1: and I, th- I think linking to that idea of the earth system that you called it, I'd be interested to know more about what the Barbican itself is doing when it comes to tackling sustainability. You know, I think we're all aware of just how much waste can be created when putting on temporary exhibitions like this, specifically you know, with the travelling as well. Would you say the exhibition has you know challenged the team at the Barbican to rethink how it works and hold yourself to more of an account?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's no getting away from the fact in a way that you know the Barbican is this huge kind of you know magnificent concrete building in the in the centre of London, but you know when it was originally built and designed, sustainability wasn't necessarily as far up the um, uh, agenda for kind of you know, building and and architecture and design at the time for everybody but it now very much is so the Barbican has a a new renewal uh, that will be happening you know to kind of look at the building and sustainability is a big part of that I mean for, for us as the exhibition though we're really looking we were looking at you know Different exhibitions that have come before us, different kind of programming that's come before us, you know, with our colleagues at other departments, you know, in theatre, in the art gallery, for example. But what we wanted to do was kind of see how we could hold ourselves accountable and how we could almost be a, a test case for really getting into the idea of sustainability within the exhibition. And so we work with our guest curators, Kate Franklin and Carolyn Till, uh, to create a manifesto. And what this does is it has a whole series of ambitions for not only us within making the exhibition, but all of the collaborators who have come on board to work on this exhibition uh, with us. Uh, That is available, you know, on the website for the Barbican if people wanted to take a look. And what we really feel and that this is done at the Barbican is really start to push this up the agenda at the centre, like really bring a focus on it, because, you know, if we're going to, if we're doing a big show that's focused on the climate emergency, people are going to want to know what we are doing, you know, as you asked here. So really showing how we have ambition to make change. And also at the time, you know, in the spring of this year, we'll be publishing our new sustainability strategy for the centre as well. So hopefully that will line up with the launch of the exhibition too. So people will see what we're doing as part of the exhibit, but also what the centre is looking to do and how we're kind of looking ahead.
1: Mm, I, I think that's great that you're obviously, you know, making progress and that it's, definitely at the forefront of the Barbican's mind which is good to see but I think one thing I would be interested to just understand a little bit more about and I I totally appreciate the the need for the exhibition to travel and to get as many people having the conversations that you know we've just talked about for the last 15 minutes but how does that work with the exhibition traveling and also kind of having more of a focus on sustainability I think we all probably know that you know air freight and work traveling by air freight is hugely carbon intensive. What kind of steps have you taken to ensure that the exhibition moving around from place to place is as climate friendly as as it can be? Yeah, so we
0: tour our exhibitions for, you know, between three to five years. So we kind of, what we do, what we do make sure though, is, you know, everything that we create at the Barbican travels with the exhibition and we've made it kind of very modular we work very closely with our exhibition designers uh, universal design to come up with like sustainable materials a sustainable approach to everything so i think the the point is that when we go to other museums and other galleries they are not required to kind of have to do a lot of building we're not rebuilding things we're not recreating things every time we go somewhere else we're creating these uh, turnkey exhibitions in, in, in a sense, you know, straight out the box, it's ready to go. Uh, what we have done from our other exhibitions is reuse a lot of the equipment, a lot of the the, the AV and the technology. As I mentioned, you know, we're very digital uh, and AV kind of heavy. So where possible, we make sure all of that equipment is, is reused um, as well.
1: I think definitely a lot more people in the industry seem more open to reusing materials, which... Is great you know you've got things like rockbox that are the reusable crates when moving artworks around and there's much more of a conversation around reusing materials rather than just having single use packing materials at the moment but where is the exhibition going next for those of our listeners that aren't in london where will they be able to see it after it goes on from london
0: yeah so we have a co-producer who we've worked very closely with which is the musée de la civilisation in uh, Quebec City in Canada so it will be touring uh, to Canada uh, for sure it will be there in June 2023 and um, from there we are building out the exhibition tour at the moment so largely while we're developing exhibitions we have a co-producer on board and then as the exhibition you know comes into the final stages of development we build the, the bigger tour out.
1: Ah great that's that's perfect because I know we've got a fair few listeners based over in Canada so I'm sure they'll be very excited for that to travel over and Luke you know thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today and tell us a little bit more about the exhibition and the works on show but also kind of how the Barbican as well is taking some kind of accountability for sustainability and I think that's that's great to see.
0: No 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 thank you so much for inviting me on it's been like a really interesting discussion.
1: Yeah it definitely has and I think you know, for all of our listeners based in London, it's probably worth just re-mentioning that Our Time on Earth goes live from the 5th of May to the 29th of August. So if you do want to pop along and see the exhibition for yourself, you know, immerse yourself within the, the different possible futures, then then there's the time to do it. But that should just about conclude us for the latest episode of Temporary Admission. Make sure to tune in next week where we'll be back to our artist spotlights.